0: Well, hey, everybody. I'm so glad that you take the time to listen to this podcast. This is Bill Vanderbush, and this is the broadcast of Faith Mountain Ministries. We have a couple of different podcasts. We have the Reckless Grace podcast, and then, of course, this one. And this one normally is uh, a radio broadcast. It's way It's been over 35-plus years, and my dad used to do this many, many years ago, and we just kind of kept it up because uh, people in the Midwest still continue to support the radio broadcast as it is. Now we put it out as a podcast, of course. And where the radio broadcast has a limitation of 30 minutes flat, the podcast can be as long as we want it to be. Well, this podcast was a recording that I did with my mom, Rhonda, and we are all on vacation, sort of vacation for Thanksgiving this week, all together uh, in, in Alabama, and took some time just to sit down with mom and go over a scripture that she's been reading and studying quite a bit lately in John chapter 14. Now, you know, that's a big one for me. So, Uh, We're going to go through this together. Mom and I are going to go through it together, and you're going to get to join along with us. And this is the longer version than the radio audience got to hear. Uh, Before we get started with that today, though, I do have a really great announcement, and that is we have a new Bible study that's available as an online study, and it's from the book of Ephesians. Now, you might remember. A few months ago, a dear brother and myself, Pastor Don Wallabaugh, and I sat down and went through the book of Hebrews verse by verse. We had hundreds of people go through that study and testify to just the life-changing impact that it had as they just sat down with us and walked through it verse by verse from a New Covenant perspective to understand the totality of what Christ has accomplished on the cross and what he's made available to us. Well, Ephesians is is no less important and Paul writes this letter about being in Christ what does it look like to have a relationship of no distance and no separation between you and God in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit and so that's really the book of Ephesians in a nutshell and this letter uh, verse by verse as we go through it in 15 videos will unpack for you what we call the Christic covenant And so in order to sign up for this video, there's two things you need to know. The series is 15 videos long, you can have lifetime access to it, and you access it at christiccovenant.com, C-H-R-A-S-T-I-C, covenant.com. You can also go through my website, billvanderbush.com, to get it from there as well. It all goes to the same place, but here's the best part of the whole thing, and that is just like the Hebrews Bible study, we're doing this at a name your own price level. So you name your own price and you get into the study, and listen, we believe it's going to transform your life. You're going to be able to see things differently through a new covenant lens, through a new covenant perspective, and recognize. That much of what you're trying to strive to get in this life, you've already got because of what Christ has done. So again, you can sign up for that study by going to ChristicCovenant.com. Name your own price, jump into the study, and then share with us what you feel like the Lord is saying. All right, we're going to dive right into this broadcast today. Get your Bibles out and go to John chapter 14 as Mom and I do a Bible study with you on our amazing inheritance in oneness with God well good morning and welcome to the broadcast of Faith Mountain Ministries we're hitting the ground running today with a conversation between me and my mom Rhonda Vanderbush, the matriarch of Faith Mountain Ministries <laughs> and when I say that she chuckles and puts her head down on her Bible uh, it's today after Thanksgiving and we are in the woods of Alabama with uh, my wife tracy's family and We decided just to take a few minutes and have a conversation. So, happy Thanksgiving, Mom. It's been a good week, huh? It's
1: been a wonderful week. We had a long drive, but it was worth it. (laughs) And we're here with family, Tracy's family this time, which is wonderful and a miracle that everybody came from near and far and made it clear up here
0: in the woods. And you just got back from a trip to Seattle, Tacoma, which is where your family grew up you you grew up, up up in the Pacific Northwest and now you live in the Atlantic Southeast and uh, yeah and and while you were up there got a chance to pray with a lot of family members you've never had a chance to pray with before
1: yes and God just opened the door there for my my birth mother who died when I was 11 her family is still living out there a lot of them a lot of cousins and i don't get to see them often and they most of them are not born again christians although they believe in god and are good people but god opened a door for me to pray over about 13 of them that got gathered together since i was in the area and as i prayed i felt the lord just step into the room and i knew he was touching them and opening their hearts so When God opens a door like that for people you've maybe prayed for most of your life, like I have, then this is the day and hour to step into that door because this is what God's doing now, I believe.
0: Yeah. You find that people are are hungry for the the things of the Lord, maybe on a different level right now?
1: It seems like they are. It seems like they're concerned and they're worried and they're confused about all that's Mm -hmm. going on in the world. And, yes, I think it is a time of a lot of hunger.
0: I love that. I love that. Well, in light of all of that, we're going to open this up with prayer. And then I'm going to invite all of you to get Bibles out and follow along as Mom and I are going to take you on a Bible study through one of our favorite chapters, one of mine and and hers as well. So, Lord, we just thank you for this time today. Father, I pray that your healing, your power, and uh, and the grace that flows from the Scriptures would be uh, real and present in abundance for every person that takes the time out of their life to listen to this broadcast may this study be as real to them uh as if we were sitting right there in the room with them and father as we all gather together around the scriptures lord uh, may may you ignite a flame in our heart in the altar of our heart with a fresh passion for you in this upcoming year Lord, we celebrate uh, this Thanksgiving season with just a heart of gratitude for everything that you've given to us and, and everything you've done for us, how you've kept and protected us, walked with us, never left us or forsaken us, but you, Father, given, given us such a, an amazing promise in the coming of the Holy Spirit. We thank you there's no distance or separation between us and you. And So, Lord, today as we open up the goodness of your word, Father, may those words be spirit and life. To us, spirit, soul, and body, may we find ourselves walking in a greater wholeness than we've ever known before. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we are in John chapter 14 today. And uh I'm gonna read. Uh we're gonna start in, in verse one. I'm gonna read uh from the New American Standard, and then mom is going to give you a paraphrase out of the Passion Translation. And so John chapter 14 and verse 1, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there ye may be also. And you know the way way, where I'm going. You know the way where I'm going. I'm so used to this in Old King James, Mom. I don't read this out loud in NASB very often, so I mix them up in my head because I memorize this in, in Old King James because this is what Dad used to always speak this in. Yeah. Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you would know my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him what an amazing uh passage of scripture that last part i get a whole lot of sermons preached about us if you'd known me you'd know my father also from now on you know him and have seen him Uh, i noticed in this point i love the way the nasb puts it in verse seven from now on you know him and have seen him jesus said i and the father are one And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So when he says in verse 7, he says, from now on, you know him and have seen him. I think we can say with tremendous confidence from the scriptures that Jesus is God in the flesh. And when you get a revelation of Jesus, you're getting the clearest representation of the revelation of God that you can possibly get. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 says that Jesus Christ is the exact representation of the Father's nature. But I love the phrase, from now on. I don't know how it puts it in the Passion. We'll read that one in just a second. But when it says, from now on you know him and have seen him. In other words, there's a point in time where things change. Uh, you know, God has uh, given us the gift of the revelation of the Holy Spirit uh, the filling and the person of the Holy Spirit to, to, to fill us. And the Bible says to guide us into all truth, as we'll read a little later. But when we get revelation and things change, there's like a, it's like walking through a doorway. And you're in a whole new place. And from now on, you see things you never saw before. And I think that's one of the uh, b- most beautiful and one of the most frustrating things about getting revelation from God is when you see something that's amazing, you wonder, how did I not see this before? And you can kind of feel frustrated at all the life that you've lived without the revelation up until now. But you know I, I think when Jesus gives us these from now on phrases, what he's saying is, "You have stepped into a whole new world, and now things are going to be completely different. and And I think it's not to give us any frustration at the the time past, but a revelation that that there is always more. Just when we think we've seen it all, there's always more uh even even now at eighty three you're still learning new stuff right
1: oh, i mean my you goodness. haven't you haven't
0: figured this all out yet, have you
1: not quite <laughs> <laughs> no i mean uh, probably in the last just last few years, I think I have learned more things about God and the Bible and the Holy Spirit <laughs> Probably in the previous 50 years, I don't know. It just seems like yeah. maybe the last three years, like God has just opened up so many more things to me through the Holy Spirit. Wow. And I think when we know the Holy Spirit, um, that's what He does. Yeah. He reveals the Word to us. So that I feel like that is
0: where I am right now. Just getting more from the Holy Spirit even now. Okay, so every person that's listening to this, you've been in church your whole life, let's say, you've been in church for your whole life and been in church, his mom just said, 50 years. It's way more than 50 for you. Yeah. Okay, so And yet, still now, learning new things, seeing things never seen before. And I'm, I'm doing the same thing all the time. I feel like we're just scratching the surface of what God has for us in terms of revelation and knowledge when it comes to Jesus. And I, and so I love what uh, Brian Simmons has done with the Passion translation here. And in John fourteen, uh, the way that he unpacks it as a paraphrase is really important. People say oh, I you know I don't like I don't like anything but the standard you know translation. So there's two different kinds of Bibles you can run into. You can you can get a a, a translation like NASB, King James Version. These are translations where they're trying to be true to the letter of of the. Original text, whether it be in Greek or Hebrew. So, where the New American Standard version is typical translation, the Passion version is we would say Passion translation. Some people say that, but more accurately, it's a paraphrase. And I love paraphrases, like like uh, the Good News Bible, the Living Bible, the Amplified Bible. Uh, there's a lot of paraphrases that are out there that try to give fresh language to the meaning or the spirit of the Scripture. Not so much worrying about exactly sticking with the 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 letter, word by word. This is help, helping to expand and capture the author's intention. And so that's what you get with uh, with uh, versions like the passion. And so um, understand the difference between a paraphrase and a translation is really, really important. People use the terms very loosely, but they're, they're important. And that, that'll keep you from getting scared about some other versions that come out. You're like, oh my goodness, they're changing the meaning of it. Listen, read a ton of different versions and you'll get a, a greater insight into the original intent of of the author but my personal favorite is, is uh is new american standard okay so here's the passion translation version of john chapter 14. so go ahead mom start in verse 1 and uh, let's read on down
1: don't worry or surrender to your fear for you've believed in god now trust and believe in me also my father's house has many dwelling places If it were otherwise, I would tell you, plainly, because I go to prepare a place for you to rest. And when everything is ready, I will come back and take you to myself so that you will be where I am. And you already know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Master, we don't know where you're going, so how could we know the way there? Jesus explained, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through union with me.
0: That's great. (laughs) So here's a couple of things that I see that Brian Simmons did in the Passion Translation that points out and highlights what I think would be really, really easy to miss if we didn't just stop and take some time to catch it. Kind of working backwards to front, I love how he mentions union. revelation of union has got to be key, because down in John chapter 14 and verse 20, Jesus is going to say, in that day you'll know I am in the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. So Jesus is so all about bringing us to that revelation of union, no distance, no separation, new covenant revelation that the veil is torn. And now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God, not just in the presence of God, but the presence of God literally dwells in and resides within us. So that anytime somebody mentions anything about union, that is incredible. Uh, in, in King James, and new American standard, new King James says, I will come again and receive you unto myself. So there's a revelation of union there and you might not have caught it, except the paraphrase kind of gives you a fresh uh, perspective on it. Uh, then, but if you back up uh, a verse there, where where the rest of the translations will say, "I am the way, the truth, and the life; no one comes to the Father but by me." There's two words there that we might find easy to look over, and that is "I am," because that's how God revealed Himself to Moses as the great "I am," the really the essence of all being, the one in whom all things are held together. Uh, holding everything together by the power of his word. And Moses says, you know, who do I tell to send me? He said, Say, I am. I am that I am. When Jesus raises uh, uh, from the dead, uh, he raises really with a full glorious revelation of the great I am in a body, which is incredible. So the I amness of God is fully in Christ. That's Colossians 2, 9, and 10. But even before he goes to the cross... Uh, John's Gospel records that when they came to arrest him, they ask him if is he is he Jesus of Nazareth? Are you the one you know that we're here to arrest you know, and uh, and he responds by simply saying, "I am." And when he does, he's basically repeating his very name, his essence, his being. The Bible says that all the soldiers, everybody falls down on the ground. Doesn't say how long they laid there, but would have given him ample time to get away, I'm sure. But he's not there to to escape out of their hands. So they all have to get up and the Roman soldiers have to collect their spears and swords and whatever it is they dropped, you know, and, and then and go back to the arrest. I think if it was me, if I was in that group and, you know, we're going to arrest Jesus and he says, I am, and suddenly we all fall back on the ground, I think I'd have clocked out and gone home. I'm, I'm not going to arrest that guy. But Brian Simmons makes a point of repeating that title of I am three times where he says, and I think that's important just a as a paraphrase to point out three times, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. The way, the truth, and the life is the I am of Jesus, God in the flesh, the incarnation. And then let's back up all the way to the very beginning, and let's talk a little bit, Mom, about the first Phrase in John chapter 14 and verse 1, uh in traditional translations, it'll say, Let not your heart be troubled, or do not let your heart be troubled. But Brian Simmons says it. Don't with, worry. Don't yeah, worry. Don't worry. Yeah, so when you read that, that don't worry, what what comes to mind for you?
1: Well, I just think it's wonderful that God is so interested in every part of us. He doesn't even want us to worry about anything. And there's another great verse in the Bible that mentions the same thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't be anxious. Uh, Take no thought. Take no thought for tomorrow. Uh, Yes, and just be at peace.
0: And what's the phrase that Dad always used to say? He liked to highlight from the take no thought passages where he'd say, the Bible says, t- Jesus says, take no thought saying.
1: Saying. if you, That's the way you take a thought, by saying it. Yeah. Right. So don't even say it.
0: D- Dad would say, uh, a thought left unsaid is, is as, as good as dead. As
1: good as dead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, there, there was something about how do you take a thought? You say it. You know, and and it's basically Jesus' way of saying not everything that comes into your mind is worth putting on your lips and saying out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Which I I think, especially in the United States, would probably be great for us Americans to learn that not everything that comes into our mind is worth speaking out into the atmosphere. So when when Jesus says in John chapter 14, "Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't worry." And then he follows it up with, with what?
1: Don't worry or surrender to your fear. Wow! I just think uh, that other verse I'm trying to think of is, uh, "Be anxious for nothing." Yes. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then it follows by saying, "And let the peace of God that passes all understanding fill your hearts." And your mind yes through Christ Jesus yes well God just takes care of every part of us if we'll surrender to that yeah but if we just want to go ahead and worry our head off and make ourselves sick uh, that's not God yeah. and we have permission to lay down all of our worries and all of our fears at the feet of Jesus just surrender that don't worry don't worry don't worry you don't have to worry what a privilege so there is something that we can just talk to the Lord about it and come to the point if something comes up that's really bothering you or that you think is a life and death matter God said don't worry yeah. let the peace of God, his peace fill your heart and your mind
0: yeah and and the idea of that the peace of God that goes beyond understanding. Beyond what we can understand, we always want to figure that if if I have understanding, then I'll have peace. And much like faith, he says, you know, no, you get, get the peace of God before you even understand. And so we think that understanding will bring peace. Answers to all of our questions will bring peace. But I think if we'll receive the person of peace into our lives, he is ultimately the answer to every question that we have in this life. And he may not bring understanding to the circumstances of the situation the way that we would want him to, but if we'll rest in his peace, we will find that perhaps what we were uh, worried about wasn't worth taking up all of our time in the first place. What do we worry about so much? Finances, health, what are we going to do tomorrow? And Jesus addresses all this in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, take no thought for tomorrow, tomorrow will take thought for the things of itself. And, uh, you know, it's not Jesus saying don't plan ahead, but so many times I think we make certainty uh, of the future an idol, as long as I can have, you know, if my five, ten years is mapped out, and then we hang on to that, and we feel really responsible about that. But, you know, I think there's a, that's one of the things the last three years have done is really taken down the, as I've called it many times, the idol of our certainty, to the point where that certainty for the future is no longer enough to keep us from saying yes to the voice of the Lord. So now when the Lord comes to us, if all of our future plans have now been sort of held in in, in loose hands, then God can come to us and say, I want you to do this or go here or whatever he asks you to do, then, then we're now in a position to be able to say yes. And I recall uh, reading writings of Charles Finney who said that that's how you know that a nation is ready for revival when the majority of the body of Christ is open and willing and able to say yes to the voice of the Lord at any moment. And I think we are at that point now more than any other time in my life. The ability to say yes to the voice of the Lord, I think anybody at at any moment can, can change a plan if the Lord says, go, do, whatever, you know, and we realize how fragile each moment actually is. We, we can't see far enough ahead into the future to create any solid certainty. I can say nothing that I ever picture happening happens the way that I think it's going to happen. But that doesn't keep me from trying to predict how things are going to happen. And yet, when everything is said and done, the promise of God is that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So if, I, if I'll rest in simply being, being a child of God, Uh, I can walk through all things while individually not all of those things might seem good at the moment. I can realize that the journey of every step uh, will lead me to the destiny of goodness. All of us are destined for goodness if we will turn our heart of affection toward the Lord. And uh, the Bible says when you turn your attention toward the Lord, when a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed and taken away. And that veil is, is so many times the thing that keeps us from the peace, you know, mm-hmm. that veil of, of not knowing whether or not our Father is good, not knowing whether or not He is, he is able to deliver us or able to heal us or even wants to heal us. Mm-hmm. When we begin to question His goodness in His heart, then we know that we have uh, we have uh, not turned to Him, but we've let the circumstances of our life begin to be exalted. And so th- this is just Jesus saying, look, you look at me and you see the Father, Look at me, and you are seeing, you are seeing God. Um, verse eight says, uh, Philip says to him, "Show us the Father, and it will be enough for us." And Jesus said, "Have I been so, long? and it, what a what a question? Oh, Jesus, show us the Father." You know, <laughs> they still don't get it yet. They still don't understand that Jesus and and the Father are one. And He says, "Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip?" What does he do? He points back to himself. To show people the Father, Jesus was revealing himself. And then he says that famous verse here. He says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. And verse 12, what a verse this one is. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do so that my Father may be glorified in the Son. The Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And so we have this amazing promise here. Uh, and there's, a, there's kind of a line of thought. And that is that first we see Jesus. And then we re- realize that Jesus is revealing the Father. And that Jesus and the Father being in union was the way that Jesus was able to accomplish all of the m- miracles that he did. Then Jesus turns and says, uh, by the way, you guys are going to do the exact same thing. And I realize it's because Jesus is revealing to us the possibility that we can live in revelation of of not just what the Father has made available to do for us, but to do through us. And if we live in union with the Father because of the Holy Spirit of Christ within us, then from that place of union, we actually will see healing miracles, signs and wonders happen at our own hands. I just wonder how many people listening to this broadcast would love to see miracles happen at your hands. Well, here's the source of it. It comes from realizing that you and God have no distance or separation because the veil has been torn. The work has been finished on the cross. And from that place of union, it is the Father who's doing the works through you, just like he did through Jesus. So Jesus is essentially saying here, Listen, the works that I'm doing, it's actually the Father working through me, and you have exactly the same access to the Father as I do. So therefore, every person listening to this broadcast today, you can see the sick healed. Why? Because you have a gift of healing? No, because you have access to the Father, and He is the healer. You have access to the healer to be able to flow through you and let His power flow through you to touch lives around you. Mom, re- read uh, read John 14 starting in verse 8 and uh, go on down to verse uh, 12. Okay. And let's see, how does the Passion Translation put this?
1: Philip spoke up, Lord, show us the Father and that will be all that we need. Jesus replied, Philip, I've been with you all this time and you still don't know who I am? How could you ask me to show you the Father, for anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father? Don't you believe that the Father is living in me and that I am living in the Father? Even my words are not my own, but come from my Father, for he lives in me and performs his miracles of power through me. Believe that I live as one with my Father and that my Father lives as one with me or at least believe because of the mighty miracles I have done. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name.
0: What an amazing Amazing scripture. So that sort of takes the pressure off of us to, to even see miracles happen, because we think there's something special about us. All we do is just give, give God, Father, Spirit, and Son room to move in any situation, trusting that He is going to do what needs to be done in the moment. Um, you, you guys, you and Dad saw amazing miracles happen in your ministry, and you remember. Some of the first ones that I mean, some of the first first things that you ever saw that just made you made you realize that God's power and His Holy Spirit was working through you guys.
1: Oh my goodness, we we um, really began to see miracles after we received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and um, that's when they started.
0: So the baptism in the Holy Spirit, being that revelation of union of of the Holy Spirit literally dwelling inside of you, filling you with all of his gifts and all of all of his power, that place of union was the starting point?
1: That was the starting point. Not until then. Like Henry said, everybody he prayed for died. So <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a good record there. But after we did receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and... Um, you know, all the gifts that went with it. Right. And we're uh, willing to accept them and surrender to that. Then the miracles started happening. I mean, we just couldn't believe it. We were in churches that didn't even believe in these gifts, and yet God would began healing all over the place. I mean, and and it was just, I remember the very first service. was a church in Florida, and Henry got up one night after this had happened to us, after we had both received the baptism in the holy spirit he got up to preach and he was just going along as usual and it's like the lord said to him um i want you to pray for people to be healed yeah and he was just overcome he didn't thought oh lord i don't know but he did it yeah. and he just got up and said any anybody that needs a prayer for in anything just believe and god's going to heal you and honestly all over that church people got healed i mean it... It surely wasn't him. He just obeyed the Lord. Yeah, and that was the first time, and we had um, a lot of services scheduled along the way <clears throat> after this in other churches that didn't really believe in all of this, really like yeah. we did, and and they kept happening over and over and over and over again, and it, I just it was wonderful. Yeah, I mean that that was the beginning and. Um, Yeah, it was the Holy Spirit working through us and opening our eyes to what God had for us.
0: You know, I I think that that's actually, it's a safety mechanism, you know, that the Lord gives us. If we start seeing healing and miracles happen at our hands and we don't have a revelation of our union with God, then we begin to think that we're the source. But that revelation of union makes us realize that it's Him that is the source. So by faith right now, we're just coming to the end of our time here today. We just declare healing over every person that's listening today by the power of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit within and upon you wants to move not just in you, but through you to touch lives around you. Let's believe that God is going to give you an opportunity to put His glory on display. in in, in revelation, uh, uh, personal revelation, but also in time where you spend with other people and suddenly you begin to realize they have a need in their life and you make the the love of the Father known and the power of the Holy Spirit will flow through you and through your hands and through your words. You're gonna see miracles begin to happen. And in that moment, you don't think that it's you, you just get a revelation of Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we thank you, Jesus, that today is a day of a fresh uh, touch of anointing upon every person that's listening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can write to us at Faith Mountain Ministries, Box 595, Marshall, Minnesota, 56258. The address, once again, Faith Mountain Ministries, Box 595, Marshall, Minnesota, 56258. I want to give a huge thanks to Mary Baker, a dear friend from Columbus, Ohio. She and her husband, Jim, pastor Zion Christian Fellowship and such great teaching, healing, miracles, and worship that comes out of that house. These guys are dear friends of ours, and Mary Baker supplied the music behind today's broadcast, as well as she's just written a book called God's Glory on Display, and I highly, highly recommend it. So check out Mary Baker on Amazon. This is Bill Vanderbush, and from all of us here at Faith Mountain Ministries, until next time, may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.